Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Welcome to Inside the Episode. Today, David and I are going inside the episode titled, Why Are You Choosing to Have This Experience? And part of the reason we title that is because there's a lot of people out there that are listening right now that may be struggling in some area and they can't figure out why. And David sort of answered that. Well, he did answer that. Because they're whining bitch. That's yeah. why they're struggling. <laughs> That's probably what That's it is. That's why they're struggling. Yeah. they keep I mean, whining. It's funny because, you know, when I originally went through the titling of this episode and listening to what you had talked about, I thought about how... You know, in my at my dinner table, right? My kids are familiar with this concept of why are you choosing to have this yeah. experience? And it's one of those situations where it's very easy to become a victim and not realize in the moment that you are creating the exact thing that you are whining about or complaining Absolutely. about. Absolutely. And I, I think that really triggers people and I think it frustrates people because then they start to say, well, I didn't um, I didn't plan for my son to get asthma or I didn't plan for you know my, my husband to die from cancer and all these other sorts of things. If you can claim that the good things that are happening to you are because you're such a good person, you also have to accept those bad things yeah. as well, right? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the... When you like what people say what you said all the time, I I didn't cause my husband having cancer. I didn't cause my kids having leprosy. Like no get out of blame. Okay. Quit looking at the world through blame and victimization. Nobody's blaming you for every anything. There's a there's a difference between judgment and accepting responsibility. Accepting responsibility empowers you. Blaming yourself just tears your self-esteem down. It's it's this isn't about blaming you, but if you're doing something that's not working, it ain't going to fucking change until you change. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and I think personal responsibility is something that's lost on a lot of people. Like they're always looking for ways to feel entitled, which we'll get to here in a bit, versus empowered. But I want to start from the beginning where you asked two very simple questions that you ask in all of the seminars you do, and you've mentioned them on this podcast before. Those two questions are, am I able and am I willing? Right. And you said, yes, must be congruent in both of those, and they also must be conscious. We're not unconsciously answering those questions because we talked about in the episode why that doesn't quite work. Right. Can you talk about why those two questions are so pivotally important in your events and maybe even how it plays out in your own life when you're making decisions? Because I don't think, you know, here's the thing. A person will say, I want this. Maybe that. Maybe it's wealth. Maybe it's uh, health. Maybe it's a relationship. Whatever it is. Then they set a goal for it. Here's the goal. This is the, the direction that I'm going to go with my life. But if they approach, if they start to approach it with whatever they're thinking about why they don't have it right now, they'll never get there. They'll never get there. So a goal gives your life direction. If I set a goal, it gives my life direction. However, I need to know what direction to move into. Like, am, am I getting in a car going in that direction? How am I getting to that? How am I getting to that trajectory? And the two questions, am I able and am I willing, allow you to even get on the path to that trajectory. Yeah, and I I love how in the episode you said something to the effect of you become able when you become willing. Correct. Do I have that correct? correct? So can you kind of briefly mention or just kind of 
talk a little bit more about how one has to happen before you can get to the other. Yeah. So the thing is, is that I started changing the way that I was teaching this because we used to say, answer these two questions. Am I able? Am I willing? Well, if we look, if we just look from, uh, from history, am I able? You look at all the things that you have done. You can be the, the biggest friggin' loser in life, and you've still done amazing things in your life. There's no person that has not done some amazing things in their life. Um, if you look at the history of what human beings have done in general, both good and bad, like we have like a horrific Hitler, Pol Pot, Mussolini, you know, that type of thing. And you also have like an Alexander Graham Bell. You have a Mother Teresa. You've got a Gandhi. You've got a Martin Luther King. Jesus, right? You have great things at the epitome of those kinds of success. And then you have all the different things that we've invented that were never here in the, like a table wasn't here when human beings showed up. The phone wasn't here. The the automobile wasn't here. The airplane, all of these things came about because we have the ability to do things that fantastic, that, that amazing. But you don't become able as an individual until you become willing to do what it takes to create those things in your life, you know? Sure. Um, how many people probably thought about and, and in, you know, probably insisted or were curious about the, our ability to fly? You know, you yeah, know what I mean? Like we, we were curious about this for as long as we looked to the skies and saw birds. Is it possible? Could it ever be possible for a human being to fly? But only two people did it become the ability to do it become apparent. And they, because they had to be willing to get off the ground. They had to be willing to put something together, which we now know as an airplane. Mm-hmm. And they had to be willing to risk their lives to put it up in the air. At that moment, they became able. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of uh, people struggle with is the, like they, I, I always liken it back to, you know, the new year. Everybody's all ramped up. We're, you know, we're only a month or so away from a brand new year. Sure. And people get really excited around that time of year. And we mentioned in a pod, couple previous podcasts, you don't have to wait until the calendar changes to start making significant changes in your own life. But there's a lot of people that want to do things. You talked in the episode about how people walk through life wanting to make this change, wanting to make that change. But for the most part, they complain about what it takes to get that want to come in. You hear people all the time say, you know, I want to lose 15 pounds. And then they do it for a day and they realize this isn't for me. And then they start complaining about, well, you know, this happened or that happened or excuse after excuse after excuse. And I feel like that's where, you know, people really drop the ball. They want something, but do you really want it? So when setting a goal, I like that you brought up the goal. When setting a goal... You can't just say, you know, I want this goal. You have to say, am I willing to do whatever it takes to get this goal? And if it's a sales goal or a monetary goal, are you willing to make phone calls until you, you know, till it's midnight across time zones? It just, I, I'm fascinated by the want. And I wonder if you could speak to more about that want that people, you know, have in their life and also the complaining that comes with it when they set the damn goal. Yeah, absolutely. So that I think that, the want can come from several different places. First and foremost, I believe that we all have a higher self. Now you can call that a spiritual self, an energetic self. You can call it the it's the it's the energy in us that's always moving. 
life forward, whatever you want to call it. I'm like, you know, I'm not hung up on what that, what you call it, but there is that. And I think that that curiosity, that movement forward that is within not just human beings, but all of life causes us to question what we have, look around us, see what's out there. And it's this, it's this innate ability to want to explore and, and, and experience life to, to its fullest. So that causes us to want other things. There's also the want of the low self-esteem want. That is the envy want, the jealousy want, right? The the keep up with the Joneses type of a, a want, where somewhere in our twisted psyche, we think that we'll be better or sexier or more valuable or safer in some ways if we just have what our brother or sister has, you know, um, and whatever reason we have in our mind, we think that we can't get it. But if we could just get it, if we could just get to that place and have it, then we would be, we would be better off. So there's, there's, there's multiple places that this can come from, uh, and understanding, I think, which one is stirring inside of you probably makes a big difference in the willingness to be able to step out and get it. If I have, if I have some sense of purpose, meaning like I look at my life and I see it, it's kind of confusing. Um, I'm not quite happy with what I have, but I have this feeling like I could do more. That's probably your higher self speaking to you. And that's going to cause other questions, you know, like, is this all there is? Do I have a different purpose in my life? Am I living up to maybe my my religious belief, or am I living up to um, a, a, a value purpose uh, that it was set by somebody in my life? If I'm coming from that place, I might ask much deeper questions about it. If I'm coming from fear, if I'm coming from insecurity, if I'm coming from low self-esteem, if I'm coming from jealousy or envy or anything like that, then I'm not really thinking about a deeper question where when it comes down to are you willing to get up every day at 4.30 to meet the sunrise to, you know, X, to create X in your life, where you have to discipline yourself and push yourself and work past your comfort point every single day, um, probably it's going to be like, nope. I'm it's nope, true. I'm not. I'll just keep imagining that life could be better. But then what do I do with that energy? Because it's a weird energy. That's where we see blame come in. Mm. That's where we be, we automatically put ourselves in the victim bucket and we start blaming other people for why we are where we are. But the truth is, when you look at it, T, you're there because you want to be there. You're there because you're saying, I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to get up at 4.30. I don't want to make sales calls till midnight. I don't want to exercise. I don't want to, want to, want to, want to, want to. And you're just being a whiny little bitch yeah, when sure. you're doing that. I mean, you really are. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. But if you don't know that, and and think about it that, that gets my energy going, is that we're living in a society that is pumping that bullshit out like crazy. Everybody's in a place because it's somebody else's fault. Um, we're, we're labeling other people to a point where it's not only destructive, but it's becoming dangerous for people. And if you tell this to, if a little child grows up in this environment, they don't know that they're not a victim. They think they're a victim because everybody's told them 
they're a victim. So we're creating a ticking time bomb in humanity with this victimization and this, and this labeling and judge, uh, uh, judging other individuals all because we don't want to accept responsibility for ourselves. And you and I had a conversation about this the other day, the aspect of the social media playing a role in this, where it's allowing all the victims of the universe to unite and then go out and the whole idea is tear down everybody that has something uh, to prove that we're right. And it's just, it's bullshit. I've, yeah. like, and like you said, it's dangerous. It very much it's is. It's very dangerous. Yeah. And that that's perfect because it, I wanted to have a conversation with you about entitlement versus empowerment. Obviously, two very different right. ends of that spectrum. And, you know, I'm, I, like you, struggle mightily with people who feel entitled to anything when they haven't done anything anything to get that. Sure. And you talked about embracing the freedom to do what's necessary to get the results you want. And you brought in social media, just like you did a moment ago, and how we navigate life, and even in business to some degree, in this instant gratification culture. Um, and now you've done, much of your business has been done, the previous decades were done pre-social media. Yeah, And now true. you're having to adapt on the fly to live within it. So what should I be on the lookout to determine if, say, I am a person who feels entitled versus being empowered, and how can I flip that if I am? So using me as an example, I don't consider myself an entitled person, but just for the sake of, of this podcast, if someone is not sure if they're entitled or if they're empowered, how can they see that within themselves? And if they are in, entitled, hopefully they don't want to stay there, how do they flip it? Ask, ask yourself this question. Do you think it's fair that other people have things that you don't? Because the idea of fairness is for idiots and babies. There, fairness that everything should be equally distributed amongst everybody is absolute nonsense. It would stop the entire progression of the human race moving forward instantaneously. All of life follows the, uh, the, the, the truth uh, that it only gets better by working through problems and working through struggle, we better ourselves as human beings, whether that's mentally, psychologically, emotionally, physically, tactically, um, mathematically. Like it, it all, and you, all you have to do is look at all of nature. Nothing's handed to nature. Every piece of nature gets up every damn day and does what it has to do to get what it needs to move its species forward. Today, you, there's people running around going, it's not fair, it's not fair, it's not fair. When we live in a world that operates by cause and effect, there's nothing. If you live in a free society, now where I would say it's not where the fairness may come in is if you live in a, in a dictatorial society, right? So that's a different topic. Um, if you live in a society where the I have, by my choice, I can go out and cause my wealth to change. I can cause my debt to change. I can cause my relationships to change. I can, I can actually create change, for, help other people create change. If we live in a place like that, then we've, we have moved into, we have moved in our life in accordance with the law of cause and effect, where what's fair is you get what you work for. You get what you grow into in life. You don't get what's handed to you. Yeah. Nor should anything be handed to you. 
Right. Absolutely. It, it takes away any sort of urgency for you to be and do more right. of yourself. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about like things like basic social income and the welfare system and all these things. And I'm sure there's benefits for people that really need it. But giving everyone across the board, um, especially during this difficult time, it seems like it's almost taking the pressure off and it's not doing any positive growth for our world in general. I feel like, and that just feeds entitlement, right? And that's a scary situation because the more people that are entitled, like you said, the kids, sometimes I forget about the kids that are growing up in this. They know no different. They don't. So that's a scary proposition because as I age, they're growing up. I I know the difference of what it was pre-social media, post-social media. They don't. Right. And that's just a scary thing for me. And, well, it should be scary. It should scare the shit out of you. And here's the reason why. You take those kids, as they grow up, what they will learn is that all the people that have something are bad people, right? If you look at previous generations and you look at previous cultures, they were raised to not only respect their elders, but also learn the wisdom of their of those people, right? If the moment that we make those people bad or evil or wrong... We have no respect for their wisdom anymore. We have no respect for what they've learned, what they've what they've gone through, the what those individuals can bring to the gener- the up and coming generations. I mean, that's how wisdom has been passed on, you know, forever. So the 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 real thing about this that is screwy is that the that any person is preventing you from getting what it is that you desire in your life if you were to move to a welfare system and he, and here here's the thing that I do believe i believe that our society is so complex at this time that we do need to provide some kind of wealth welfare assistance to some people however it needs to be done in a way where we help you help yourself so that that person is actually helping themselves get to the point where they don't need the help anymore. And we have to hold those people accountable to that, right? If you want help, you have to be accountable to get to the place where you can actually help yourself. You're not going to be dependent upon everybody else forever. It's just, it, it's, that is not okay. If we do that, if you moved into a society where let's take everything away from the wealthy and spread it out amongst everybody, number one, the wealthy would have it all back in no time whatsoever because the people at the bottom have no maturity. They have no emotional maturity. They have no skill sets. They don't understand how money moves uh, within a within a democratic society or a capitalistic society, and they would have it all back again in in no time whatsoever, just by the laws of how those things operate, right? But if you removed those and you just made it like a level playing field for everybody, the human growth would stop and it would actually start to retard. It would go backwards because people would not get stronger; they would get weaker. Education would not get better. It would become less. There would be no need for people to learn and strive to be more, do more, and have more in their life. And we would become weaker and weaker and weaker as a species. And if you and if if that was just left to keep going in that direction, we would die out as a species. Because anything that's not getting stronger is getting weaker. Anything that is not moving toward life is moving toward death. So it might take a long time for that to happen, but that's exactly what would happen. Yeah, if you're, if you're not growing, you're dying. 
A hundred percent. say all the time. There is no in-between to that. Right. right. And, you know, the reality of the situation is, you know, the truth in all this, what's going on in our world with the, you know, the, the COVID-19 and the racial injustices and the election and all these things that have happened, we are still living in unprecedented and historic times, and it's not all bad. I think that's the big thing that people need to realize. The world hasn't come to an end. We just need to find some sort of a way to move beyond it and grow, and I think that starts on a soul level. It's an inside job. If every person said to themselves, I'm no longer going to be bound by a need to be entitled. I'm going to empower myself to be, do, and have more. That would raise up the collective conscious of all the people out there who are saying, you know, one side, because right now we're 50-50 split down the middle, which necessarily isn't a bad thing as long as you don't attack the other people for a viewpoint or attack the other people because you're not doing what needs to be done. But that's so, the problem. Yeah. We're making, both sides making the other side 100% wrong. And then you have the people that are saying that we we need to find somebody who's going to who's gonna bring us together. Um, that being that this this division is wrong, but here's the here's the issue with this: coming together just to come together is no reason to come together. The reason for our country coming together was having the same moral and ethical and value proposition of where we were going as a country. That ideology is totally fractured right now. So the only way that that would happen, based on the on the two parties that are battling is if the other party crosses the line and says, I'll believe the way that you do, right? That's not going to work either. It just sure. won't, it just won't work. It's, it's, it's total nonsense. So the, the, the question is, where is the moral and ethical foundation of what we're going to believe as a people that we then allow ourselves to express our individuality within that, right? Because you cannot have two completely polar opposite belief systems operating at the same time or you end up with the division. And I believe we ended up with this division because we've lost a moral compass as a nation, period. Yeah, yeah you've talked it's about gone. you've talked about before the erosion of of morals and how it's it's been it's not an it hasn't happened the last four years. It's happened over the last four, you know, the last 30 years or 20 years. Oh. There's been a slow erosion of moral values and and I think we're starting to feel more and more the effect of that. And then you throw the social media powder keg on top of that where you can be completely anonymous and just stir shit up. And then you can get into the social dilemma around the algorithm and putting things in front of you that makes a normal everyday, you know, worker become a white nationalist over the course of three months because of all the incessant feed that's right. being put in front of them. Right. It really is a, it's an interesting situation. And it brings us back to, you know, why am I choosing to have this experience. You know, you said, you said, and I love this in the episode, that we have to wake up to the idea that we're ex- what we're experiencing, both good and bad, is our choice, and we are creating it. It's our creation. And that's easy to do, like I said earlier, when things are red hot and clicking. You yep. know, it's really easy to say, yeah, that's all me, yeah. but not so much when you're bringing in all these struggles in your life. And you said, quite blank, you know, bluntly, if you're struggling, it's on you. That, that's because you're choosing that. The world is not happening to us it's happening because of us. Yeah. So how do we get that line of thinking to be more prevalent in our daily life? How do we shift from, it's not happening to me, it's happening because of me and move through it? We have to accept responsibility. It's personal responsibility again. It always, it, it, it always comes down to that, I feel 100%. like. 
because the, here's the thing behind responsibility. If I'm not accepting responsibility for myself, I'm blaming someone or something for my experience. And if I'm blaming someone or something for my experience, I have no power to change. I have to have them change in order for me to have the power I think I need to change. And that's not, it's a lie. That's completely wrong. We are all embodied with that power, but it does no good if we don't accept it. Then the acceptance of it means that I take responsibility for my life, my choices, my situations, uh, my mistakes, my error, everything, 100% responsibility. And I think what we've confused is the responsibility from judgment, right? If you accept responsibility for everything in your life, including the mistakes, it doesn't mean that you're judging yourself. It doesn't make you a bad person because we all have mistakes, right? So the idea is if I take responsibility I now have the power to change. I can look at my life very introspectively and say, okay, here's what needs to change. If I want to do this, whatever this is, if I take responsibility, I have the ability now to step into the willingness, which then makes me able to change. But if I continue to make you, if I continue to make you the cause of my problem, it just falls flat. It doesn't work. Yeah. And it's something you can do right now. Like you can very easily accept responsibility for anything bad that's going on in your life. If you do a simple shift right now and say, yep, that's on me and say it out loud. Maybe it's to a coworker. Maybe it's to your boss. Maybe it's to your spouse. I screwed up. Like I always joke with, you know, staff and also my therapist, two of the most difficult words for me to say that it very rarely escaped my mouth are I'm sorry. I'll wait for the other person to come up and call me out about how big of a dick I was before I'll say I'm sorry. And that's, that's something that I've worked on and I'm still like, as far as the needle goes, I'm like 25% where I need to be, but I'm, I'm trending up. Let's just say that. But it's really interesting when you take a moment to realize if you just accepted responsibility, when you screw up for me, it's because I'm a perfectionist and I've got perfectionist tendencies. And it's me shifting from progress, not perfection. That's my new mantra. So it's really understanding that if I can get to a place where I accept responsibility for all things in my life, then my kids are going to see that and they're going to do the same. And then their kids, and then you start to create this groundswell of personal responsibility versus those people who are constantly blaming other people. And that's how I want to close this out by talking about the importance of uh, letting go of blame if you're going to become able. You said that so eloquently in the show. Um, You said that's what keeps a person stuck. Like if you're going to continuously blame everybody else for your problems, you're going to stay exactly right where you are. Right. So I guess to close this and finish this off, why has blame so rapidly become the default mode of how we think and interact with other people? Well, I don't know that I know why. In other, in other words, I don't know. The, so here's, let me tell you what I do know instead sure. of what I don't know. What I know is that there are, there are some people that for whatever reason, probably because they were raised in a way where they were not taught responsibility. You know, it's, I think it's generational. You have parents or grandparents that they don't, they don't think they're responsible for their life. Um, the situations that they're living in, they've blamed on other people or government or, or whatever. And there may be some partial truth, you know, to some of, some of that stuff. However, they've 
completely projected it onto something else. So they don't have any, any sense of responsibility whatsoever. Now I pass it on to my kids. The second I pass it on to the children, a very interesting thing takes place. They see the world through that filter, but they don't see it through the filter of personal responsibility. So when they say, uh, when, when the kid says, how come we don't have this? Or how come we don't have enough money for Christmas? Or why don't we have new clothes or whatever? And the parents say, because that person over there has all the money and they're bad people or, or whatever. The kid doesn't know any different. There's no other experience for that child. So the child grows up within the ideology of being a victim. And now what's interesting is the kids growing up in, a, in their own ideology of being a victim, but that's not what everybody's ideology is in the world that that kid is actually part of. So they resist any kind of, of responsibility because they were also probably taught that uh, their people look at them as bad people if they're, if they're living the way that they're living. So now they project that onto others. So that's now, now it's not a person who's different, it's a person who's bad. And once I label it bad, I can't, am I going to think about becoming that? No. And that's what, that's what we've done. So then you take it where, yeah, we've always had that in as far as certain groups of people that are out there, but it, it didn't have the ability to spread the way that it does today because social media has allowed the disenfranchised in the world, so to speak, and the ideology behind it, okay, to cling together in a way where you have a large group of people making another large group of people wrong because of where they are. And because they all cling together, there's nobody saying, hey, loser, knock it the fuck off. You actually can do something about the situation that you're in. It's not the guy down the street's fault. You can change this. You absolutely can change this. No, they're saying they're, they're, they're banding together and they're you know, it's like I have a buddy in my disempowerment. You know, I sure. have I have a buddy in being a victim. We're you're victims, like you're just like me. We're victims together. You're just like me. So it used to be that that was that was relatively small compared to, to the way that it is today. But but yes, because of the internet and the things that have evolved out of the internet, I see that it that it is taking something that has the ability to be incredibly good and is good in, in many ways. But it's also, and how it expands that, it's also allowing the bad to expand. Yeah, and it, it, it gets away from you really quickly. You know, when the groundswell of, of hate and divisiveness is, you know, you can send out something right now in 140 characters that can be broadcast over the world and get reshared and yeah. everybody's liking it. It happens so fast, it takes away the human element of it. Right. And it can be very, very destructive. The The... You know, we live in a in the United States, we live in a country where we have these freedoms because of our constitution. So a person is as free as they want to be to be broke, to be unhappy, to be miserable, to be sick, you know, whatever, as long as it doesn't infringe on the rights of another individual. But what's fascinating about that is that while it was like, okay, I'm not sure who would want to live that way, but we know that there's people that are, so they can live that way. That's their individual choice. But when they take that choice and then go ultra victim and start to say that the people that are actually doing something with their life are bad and that those people are causing them to be in this place and that I need what you have in order to get out of this place, now it's dangerous. Now it's absolutely dangerous. It's not just, 
sad anymore or an individual choice. It's actually dangerous because what we're doing is we're doing what, what you know, Marxism did, uh, what communism did, what, what other ideologies around the world have done to destroy millions of people throughout time. These people don't even know their damn history. Like, it, so it is, Brandon, it is. It's a very dangerous thing. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> just what popped into my head was Salem in sixteen in the late 1600s. Like when people are vilifying other people mm. not based in any sort of truth, it's just like you throw something out there and because of the people that get behind it so quickly, it sticks. So in the court of public opinion, if you do, it's cancel culture. It's right. all these but things. But it's that also are going confirmation in. bias, right? If, if if once the idea of a witch gets into your head, then everything you see is through the filter of a witch. Everybody. So what do you start looking for? Every reason why the, your neighbor is a witch, yeah. and then they start burning them at the stake, right? We have we have this uh, uh, right after the right after the election went to Biden. Um, you've got the far left of of the uh, 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 of Congress. You know, you have AOC saying that we should keep lists of people, literally keep lists of people that supported Trump, and that we should cancel culture them. They should not be able to get jobs. They should not be able to advance in life. We need to watch everything that they do. Like this is number one. It's in the news. Go look it up on the internet if you don't believe me. I'm not. I'm not making it up. These things are things that several people. Uh, that are in government tweeted that this is what we should be doing because everybody that voted for Trump is a racist and everybody that voted for Trump is dangerous. You've got 50% of the country that voted for that guy, right? What's dangerous is that we're going to start making each other dangerous in the enemy, and that is not a good thing. Yeah, I mean, we just need to calm down. Like, we just need to take a breath and calm down and realize <laughs> we are humans are a powerful force. We will will come up with new, interesting, creative ways. But they're doing to it because they want to do it. Yeah, it's true. They're doing it because they want to do it. So, you know, ask yourself, why are you choosing to have this experience? And if it's a positive experience, that's excellent. We would love to hear more about your uh, your insights on this episode. We're really trying to be very candid in how we speak right. about these things. And I think that this was an outstanding episode about am I willing, am I able, and what am I going to do to shift from being entitled to being empowered? So love it. Thanks for coming inside. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.